uh, Johnny. So you apparently have a problem with the name Captain for a superhero or for any... Straight into that? Yes. All right. We were talking earlier. I don't know why I have a gripe with superheroes being called something Captain, right? But why? I don't fucking know, dude. Like, they just sound cheesy, like Captain Boomerang. Yeah, that's that's a DC right? villain. It's a yeah. terrible fucking name. We, okay, the reason we started talking about this is because we were discussing, like, uh, Mr. Freeze, right? It's a corny name. Yes. And I said, what if, what the fuck are you going to call him? Snowball, right? <laughs> and then, you, I told what was you, your explanation for all this? I said, there's a DC villain. So there's another, like, Mr. Freeze-esque character in DC. But he's, he's a Flash villain called Captain Cold. Mm-hmm. And you're like, that sounds super cheesy. You're like, Captain, you're like, Captain is a terrible name. And I was like, Captain Marvel? You're like, yeah. I'm like, what about Captain America? And you're like, well, no, that's different. And I was like, why is Captain America different? Because he was in the military. So as part of his well, he was service, he was a prop. He gets that title. He's like the Uncle Sam where he's in the military in the sense that he's used for like propaganda purposes rather than actual like combat, you know, trooper or soldier or whatever. He's captain america because he's like uncle sam in the way like it's he's propped up as like for promotional purposes mm-hmm. what does that got to do with the name captain like he like he has like a military rank because it's he's like kind of like used for military purposes so they give him the name captain but he did serve in the military so it's not just propaganda he didn't like the... he, he didn't serve in the, i mean if you go by as how... captain america okay as captain america yeah but not prior to being captain america you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but did he have that name before becoming Captain America? No, right? No. Yeah, so that's why it makes sense, because it's Captain from the fucking military. Okay, what about Captain Marvel? Because she was an Air Force captain. She was in the she was in the Air Force before she be, she got powers. It's not as bad. So you're not so you're fine with that one too then? I guess I'm okay with that. But you don't like the idea of someone being named Captain Cole. Where they have nothing to do with like a rank. Okay. Where, I, where they don't have a background in. Okay, who do you think has a great... What's a great superhero or comic book name? There's a ton, dude. Like, Black Panther is dope. Spawn is fucking great. Spawn? Spawn is weird to me, because I hear Spawn, and I think of, like, oh, that's your kid. You're Spawn. Like, like they come from you. Like, you know... I don't think about that. I think about... Or, like, I think or about like when kids you... kids as just kids. I or think like, about the devil Spawn. I think of, like, when you respawn in the game, like, you come back to life. Like, that's Spawn. Cool. Like, you just, like, popped out of the ground kind of thing, like a kid. Yeah. Like a baby. Spawn. So, I think of like frogs. Frogs have spawn like tadpoles. So are there any names? Would you, oh, War Machine. That's bad. War Machine is probably tied with the Punisher for like the coolest names for me. I think in terms of like. Punisher. That's great. Character that's names. I think Punisher and War Machine are like up there. I think when you think of some like the more classic ones, they sound cheesy like Iron Man. Because like Iron isn't even like the best metal out there. <laughs> yeah. Steel, man of steel, titanium. Has to do with steel. Well, I right? think it's like, well, it's a play on how strong he is. Yes, of yes, yeah. Like comparing him to steel, like he's like hard. I guess. I, well, it's it's Superman. Man of steel is just like the side name. It's not. It's the nickname. Yeah. yeah it's, his nickname. it's like Batman being the Dark Knight. He's not literally like clad in armor with a sword, right? With a horse. Okay, Spider Man. That's like two on the nose. So, what would you call him instead? Like arachnid or yes. something like that, yeah. or I don't know, black or red, red spider maybe. I don't like the man suffix, Iron Man, Spider Man, Aquaman, 
Aquaman. Uh, even worse, Aquaman, because it's just like a guy. It sounds like a guy who's just made of water, which, I mean, we're all 75% water. So does that mean we're Aquaman, Johnny? Oh, what? Are we Aquaman then? We're 75% water. Yeah, but it's mixed up with a bunch of shit. Like it's like our blood, all that stuff, right? Okay, so are you okay with Batman then? Batman. I'm Batman. I think those only work because it's it's so long. Yeah, it's been so long. Like they they were corny names back in like yeah. Because if you think of Superman, Mm -hmm. not exactly the most uh, like like detailed or like you hear Superman, it doesn't really tell you what he is, but Mm -hmm. we know who he is because he's just so ingrained in Americana and stuff. But like at least with Spider Man, okay, it's a guy with spider stuff. Batman, it's a guy with bats, like, theme stuff. Iron Man, his theme is metal. But here's Superman, it's like, this guy's, like, really good at doing something. He's, like, a great reporter, great office worker. You know what I mean? It's just Superman. Like, he's, he's, it's like, it's like calling somebody, like, or, like, Wonder Woman. She's a wonder of a woman. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just so weird. Yeah, what year was Superman? Like 1930s? Something like that, yeah. Probably earlier than that. It might be 20s, actually. I'm not sure, actually. No, yeah, 1930 sounds right. Because yeah. we're, com- we're coming up almost on his like 100th like anniversary kind of thing. We're in the 20s right now still, but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, speaking of fucking superheroes, what do you think about uh, Moon Knight? Moon Knight is dope. All right, go, go ahead and tell me about it. All right, so you saw it too, right? You saw it, right? The first yeah. episode? Yeah. The uh, Okay, well, are we doing spoilers or not really for the first episode? Okay. I, I don't really see too okay. many spoilers. Like, yeah. nothing shocking. It took me... Because I don't, I don't know the lore of Moon Knight that much. Yeah, I just keep hearing he's like... Uh, like, he has multiple personalities. He's like the Batman of, of Marvel, is what I keep hearing. Yeah, in terms of, like, skill set, not really, like, origin. Like, he doesn't have, like, he's not an orphan or something like that. He's he's Batman in the terms of, like, his abilities, his athleticality, is that the right word? Athleticism. Athleticism, thank you. So, we are introduced to, first of all, Oscar Isaac does an amazing job, like, playing these two different personalities of Mark, who's, like, the, the mercenary, right? Mark the mercenary. Mm-hmm. And... Was his name? Was his regular name like Spence? Not Spencer. Edward. Stephen. Stephen. Right. Stephen something. I forget his last name. But he's like the the museum worker, the museum employee. Like he he puts on an accent because he first of all Oscar Isaac is not British. He's Guatemalan with something else like American Guatemalan American or something like that. He is not. I don't think he's. I don't think there's any ounce of British in him. But he has, he put he puts on this accent. I can't do it right. He puts on this accent. And, like, he's, like, very timid, very kind of, like, cheap, like, not cheesy, I'm sorry, he's very, he's very wimpy. Yeah. But then, like, when you, later on, at the end of the episode, you see, like, his Mark persona, which is, like, oh, that's Oscar Isaac right there. Like, that's the person I know from all the other movies, right? And, like, seeing, like, him play this character, and I forgot a couple of times he goes Oscar Isaac, for him to just disappear into that role for me was very impressive. I, I, I've liked oscar isaac and like i keep mentioning i forget what he's in because we were talking about metal gear right last so yeah, i yeah. can't mention like i forget what he's in and i don't really know why i like this dude and then just yesterday i remembered oh this motherfucker played uh one of the main characters in uh star wars yeah star wars but also um 
fuck, what is it called? Uh, He's also Apocalypse in X-Men. Nah, but... What the fuck is that AI film called? Automa, Automata... The only one I know uh, is near Automata, and that's a game. So I know yeah, you're yeah, about yeah. that. But the audience knows what I'm talking about. He fucking played like the main head in the little house that's working on AI by himself. I don't, I don't, I don't follow. Fuck. I gotta look it up. Yeah, Wait, that's it up. the fucking reason. That role right there was like, oh, this is why I like this motherfucker. There's also the bad guy in Sucker Punch. If you guys remember Sucker Punch from like a decade ago, he's a, he's like the the head of the asylum there in that movie. He's also in uh, A Most Violent Year, which I haven't seen, but I heard it's really bomb. He's also obviously Poe Dameron in Star Wars. He's He was Apocalypse in the X-Men movie. Not his best role, so we're going to ignore that one. But he's done stuff here and there. It's Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Ex Machina, yes. I have not seen that movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it's spelled Machina. Yeah, you're right. But it's pronounced Machina. It's, it's, a, it's a, I think, Latin word? I could be wrong. It basically means from the god or something like that, or like some kind. Of, it's a do I'm um, doing. I think of Deus Machina. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Deus so, Ex Machina. So the introduction is. Uh, I I like that he has this British accent, but he's kind of a pushover, right? He's supposed. He's very yeah, timid. Very timid. Uh, he talks to this statue like actor in the park. He has a lot of real weird like personality quirks. He's like really into Egyptology, but he's not allowed to like pursue that i guess during work. Tours. yeah and it's just it's like i forgot like when the actors like really good at what they do i forget that they're that actor it's kind of like why will smith to me will always be will smith because i can't see him as anything other than will smith in anything but oscar isaac like i forgot that he was What's oscar like isaac the, DiCaprio effect. no you see that's the thing with dicaprio's i always i'm always aware that he's dicaprio because he's so DiCaprio-esque like you know what I mean but you get that from Will Smith Will Smith is always Will Smith to me yeah there's I mean there's certain actors who I'm like it takes me out of it because I just know who they are so well Oscar Isaac is one of the ones who like I forgot he was Oscar Isaac until like later on when he's looking in the mirrors Mm -hmm. and the Mark personality starts talking to him and I'm like oh that's right that's the Oscar Isaac I know the more assertive affirmative like because that's how he is in Dune oh he's in Dune also in Dune And so I was like, "Yeah, this guy has range. He has great acting range." What do you think about Ethan Hawke's character as like the villain guy so far? Like the he was, okay. the, he was the cult leader, whatever. What was up with that? Where he cuts his legs in the beginning, he puts glass in his sandals. I didn't get that. That made me so uncomfortable just thinking that that's there. Like, ugh! Like it gave me like goosebumps, like chills. Uh, that sort of reminded me of. Uh... Some people in religion make these sacrifices. Like have they seen, hurt themselves. Yeah, like there's people that walk around with a cross and they whip themselves. Yes, until they bleed. Mm-hmm. Um, they think that pain is a form of like devotion. Like I'm sacrificing my comfort for like that's my penance or whatever. Right? They have mm-hmm. that. What did you think of? Uh, how did you feel about those fast cuts? Where, like where he clearly blacks out and then he comes back and it's like whoa, like like whiplash. Like the tr- the scene has changed. Like when he wakes up in the Alps, like in the like in the field. And I go, how did we even get here? That's cool, but did, I like how it was a good way to just expedite, speed up, yeah, the story, right? Did the it throw you off, or were you like lost, or you no, knew what was going on? No, that was easy to. to okay, I like the. There's a part that I really like where he's surrounded by these men in the streets, and then we have like a quick like he, that happens where he like loses consciousness and then comes like immediately comes to, and then everybody's on the floor dead, mm-hmm. 
and then he has like a he has like blood on his hands. It's like, what did he do? Oh, that really caught me off guard. It's like Disney's showing fucking this much blood. Yeah, right? and it was like a solid like reddish dark blue. Well, remember now Disney has the thing now where like you can put the parental ratings or the parental safety locks and stuff. So they're allowed now to do that kind of stuff because hey, you by this point you either put yes I approve or no I don't approve. And in the rating before the show, it tells you like, oh, like there's like blood and stuff. So like that's cool. Because they remember they added their Netflix shows like the Luke Cage and uh freaking um uh oh that's right what's her name Jessica Jones uh and those are very graphic Hmm. shows so they had to like so that's on plus now yeah uh so I might catch that now so Luke Cage Daredevil Punisher all that stuff is on Disney Plus now. Because they had to update the, uh, like, the... Terms of service. Thank you. That's what I was going to say, the TOS. Yeah, terms of service to, like, now, like, do you allow this stuff to show up or do you not? So, anyways, I'm very excited to see where it's at. It's only, I think, I think it's supposed to be six, seven. Oh, what did you think about, I forgot his name, the the goal with the pick and the, uh, the mummy-looking thing. Khonshu. Yeah. So, Khonshu in this in this universe, Khonshu is the uh, the Egyptian god of the moon. Which is where the whole moon motif of Moon Knight and all that stuff comes off. What do you think of the costume? That was dope. I it like it. It looks great. That looks great. The, but the way that they... It looks like a mummy crossed with Raven from Teen Titans. A raven? She has like the cloak kind of thing. Like it wraps over her shoulders, like the hood. And... Yeah, I know. But you you think they look Well, because of the glowing eyes and stuff too. But the way they present him is cool because it, it does look like a horror film. Like the way he's walking down the hall and he just shows up in the elevator. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like when he's outside the bus and he's like... like like for a split second quick, yeah. yeah yeah the way that he shows up is dope his cg looks great i thought the chase the cg in the chase looked pretty trashy yeah like somebody else i listened to said the same thing that it was uh the chase scene was not the best looking especially when the logs come down it doesn't look like actual logs yeah the it happened so fast i'm like i forgive it but then there were parts where where the the cars like all the fucking cars are fake as fuck. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, they don't look great. And the way they slide around on the road, they they slide on the fucking road like it's like it's like Tokyo Drift or something. Uh, yeah, it doesn't look good. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, everything else was cool. Like the little the little beast in the museum when he's jumping around the walls, mm-hmm. that looked okay. It reminded me of like the zombie dogs from Resident Evil, kind of but bigger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little more mm-hmm. humanoid. Yeah. Uh, I'm content. The best part, though, was, like, the la- very last minute, dude. Where he's where... just beating the crap out of it in the bathroom? Yeah, you could see, like, his cape is still CG. Yeah. But I like how they just went in and they're like, oh, he's really fucking beating his ass. And I he just, just like gets the... up and he turns around. I like the transition look... where you see it happening where, like, the threads start coming out. Mm-hmm. But, he, like, he transforms, like, off screen, but you see it start, the start off. Yeah, and the costume is great. The design looks amazing. It looks pretty dope, yeah. So, I look forward to seeing more of that. But, Johnny, this is not a Marvel podcast. It could be one day, but not right now. This is the DualSense podcast where we talk about video games, video game news, and what we've been playing from the last week. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Roscoe, joined by the Badger of the High Desert, the self-proclaimed Lost Cause, because he is always down for the cause, never down for the count, the unnecessary one, Johnny. Yo, um, all right. I don't know how uh, much time you got, but do you want to do a pitch today? We'll, I think we can. I think we can. I have, I'm not really in an immediate hurry, so I think we can do that. Okay, I think I'll air these things out for you. Oh, yeah. It probably smells bad in there. Some stale air. Stale air. 
Does that, is that a real thing? Does air grow? Does air become bad smelling just because it hasn't moved? Or, or is there things in the air, the particles that decay? Maybe they give off that odor. I don't know what happens. All right. Johnny's not a scientist. He His his background is more structural than scientific. Johnny, we have a couple of stories. Let's talk off with the saddest one. Well, that's not, that's, that's not true. That's not the saddest one. I mean, it's the one that... It's... Okay, let's just get into it. E3 2022, digital and physical, has officially been canceled. This story comes by way of IGN, written by Rebecca Valentine. After previously canceling its in-person E3 2022 event, the ESA has now informed its partners that there will be no digital event equivalent this year either, meaning E3 2022 has fully been canceled. The news broke via tweet from Razor PR lead Will Powers, who said that an email had been sent out announcing the cancellation of a digital E3 event. IGN has independently verified the contents of the emails as well. The ESA had initially planned for an in-person E3 event this year after having no event in 2020 due to COVID-19 and a digital one in 2021. However, this was canceled in January with the ESA at the time unable to make a public statement on whether or not there would be a digital equivalent. According to sources speaking to IGN at the time, discussions around E3 had been fraught throughout the year, with third parties normally involved finding the ESA's ongoing silence regarding their plans frustrating. Sources connected to the event tell IGN that the discussions about a possible digital equivalent have been ongoing ever since, but without strong momentum to drive them. Instead, the ESA seems to be making plans to regroup for a larger comeback in 2023. And it says, update. It says, the ESA has shared an official statement with IGN confirming E3 2022's cancellation and announcing that E3 will return in 2023 with a, quote, reinvigorated showcase, end quote. We will devote all our energy and resources to delivering a revitalized physical and digital E3 experience next summer. Whether enjoyed from the show floor or your favorite devices, the 2023 showcase will bring the community media industry back together in an all-new format and interactive experience. We look forward to presenting E3 to fans around the world live from Los Angeles in 2023. The ESA adds that the 2022 showcase has been canceled so the organization can focus its resources on the 2023 show. And that is the end of the article. Johnny, so, okay, Johnny, I'm going to say, going into this, up until now, I didn't know there was plans for a 2023. I just thought, like, this is the end. Like, this is over. It's all doom and gloom. No more E3 ever again. I'm a little more optimistic now, having read the full article. This is the this is why it's important to read articles all the way because I would have just assumed that like that's it. At the end, we have a little ray of hope, a little a little sunbeam, a little light beam of like we're making our comeback. Don't call it a comeback. We've been here for years, kind of thing. But in 2023, Johnny, we've talked in the past about how E3 is kind of a fossil. It's kind of a, a leftover of a simpler time when the internet was not so uh, readily accessible. Like the Oscars. How so? I don't know. Who cares about the Oscars nowadays? Oh, I see what so you mean. Shit to see on the fucking oh, YouTube I, or Netflix. Or I thought, okay, I thought you were saying that like the Oscars can only be watched on the internet. I was confused for a second. No. Yeah, kind of like the Oscars, right? A relic of days got, gone by, right? Yeah. 
what do you think about this journey? Are you excited about the potential of 2023? Or do you think, do you think EA should just be shuttered? Like, just like, just take it out back and put it out of its misery. I think so. I mean, the downside is you probably have a lot of developers in there networking with each other. That's yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot. Yeah. A lot of like uh, what I've read, a lot of people who are bummed about that are more bummed about the networking opportunities or like, I guess a lot of businesses do deals during E3, a lot of like contracts and stuff. So yeah. So there's that. There's also, um, it's kind of bad for the community, uh, because like cosplayer stuff, right? It's nice to see people gathering and, to show off their fucking costumes. All that stuff is good promo for like a video game, right? Uh, there's not that much cosplay at E3. You don't think so? No, not really. E3 is more like a... It's not really a convention. I mean, it's an expo to show like... I the, think it should be more that... I think E3... I think E3 should be more like the car convention. Well, it, people just gather and then there's all the developers getting in there and talking. Just make it a... I think that's more of a... What do they call it? Uh, well, traditionally, I, E3 has been like a, it was always, almost always an industry only event where it was really just for people to do business with the companies. Like yeah, that. but that, that's what I'm saying. But in the last few years, yeah. ever since it's open to the public, it has transitioned partially more to like, okay, we're still doing business, but here's like, okay, let, let the fans like check stuff out too. It's gotten more like public in the way so the word i was looking for or the phrase was uh celebration of the video game industry okay okay yeah. so i wish it was more about the developers and the cosplay and all that stuff uh because i think games shouldn't be in here because of the fucking pressure that they have to you know they got to make something and polish it and then present it yeah. when the shit just isn't ready you know yeah i just want them to show off the games when they're ready that's it and the fucking booths are crazy fucking expensive, like a hundred thousand, right? Right. I'd rather they just pay their developers that, or they just throw it into the into the budget for the rest of a video game instead of just having this crazy fucking showcase. Yeah, just I, there for a couple of days. I guess that makes sense. You're not wrong. Yeah, I I do think some of this stuff. I mean, as a fan looking inward, who's like watched ever since like two thousand five, I saw that's like the earliest one I can remember was two thousand five, which is like when they did the, I think when God of War came out, like seeing Ether not in any form this year kind of sucks. It's kind of like this. This is has always been like the gamer Christmas for me in a way where like all the all like everybody's showing off like their stuff where they're like this is what we're doing. At the same time, I think I understand. <laughs> Because we're still in that weird transition period where it's like a pandemic, but also it's not a pandemic at the same time. It's weird. It's like it's a pandemic, but also most people are either they either don't care or they're already like as vaccinated as possible. So it's like that weird. It's almost like, you know, how we talk about like that generation overlap between like PS3 and PS4 where like it's next gen, but it's not quite next gen because no one's taking advantage of the hardware. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like this, where like we're in a pandemic, but it's also almost like a post-pandemic at the same time. Where like I get some companies are like, ah, uh, we don't want to invest if we're not sure like we're gonna get you know we're gonna get a major turn up. So we're gonna wait for next year where the odds major of a turn up. Turn up. Yeah, <clears throat> like party turn up or turn out. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, turn out, not <laughs> not the turn. Yeah, not partying, a massive turn out. I've been hanging around with too many kids lately. Turn okay, that sounds weird. I work in education, okay? I work in education. Yeah. Turnout, 
right? As compared to like next year where things are likely to be much better, like, you know, by um, what's it called? C, the C, the, the CDC standards, right? Center for Disease Control. Yeah. So I, I understand why they're postponing. Like, you know what? Like, it's a dud. Let's regroup and be better prepared for the next year, for the next season. Do you think it's really that? Or do you think they're just failing in some different way? Like, we just had the Oscars and there were a fuckload of people there. A lot of people that are heavy on the vaccinations and the mask and the shit. And they still showed up without their fucking masks, right? They were in there in the fucking their auditorium. So it's not like you can't pack the people in there. And then as far as, like, uh, us, or the regular consumer, uh-huh. I'd be there. I don't give a shit. I'll just... Okay, like, they're going to get enough people to go. So I don't think it really has anything to do with, with the pandemic. I think it could just be that the not enough... I think they just probably didn't get enough partners to be, like, invested this time. I think they don't want to do... Like, it's better to have a no-show than to have a poor showing, because then that sets the yeah. trend for next year. Yeah, I think it's so. I think I do think you're right. I do think there is some kind of, like, managerial communication business fat variable in the background. Yeah, so if it has to do with pandemic, I don't think it's, like, the current state of it. I think maybe it's the developers are behind because of pandemic. We'll, have to, we'll have to ask our cousin Joe, like, hey, Joe, like, what's, what's the staging situation for E3? Is it too expensive to, like do that kind of stuff ah, he probably, i don't know if he would know but just a, a little plug there for for that johnny let's move on to our next story our next story comes from comic book resources or cbr.com written by victor espinosa how gran turismo 7 became sony's worst reviewed game johnny did you think you would ever hear those words in that order no i didn't Over the years, the Gran Turismo series has been known for making video game racing as realistic as possible, from in-depth engine tuning and car dealership browsing to branding itself as, quote, the real driving simulator, end quote. However, thanks to Gran Turismo 7, the franchise is now better known for its mismanagement, shady tactics, and greed. GT7 didn't just have a bad launch. Its creators have consistently stood by their poor decisions and even doubled down despite their game earning a dismal 1.7 1.7 on Metacritic. That's out of 10. 1.7. So, like, anything below a 5 is usually considered, like, bad. A 1.7 is, like, abysmally bad. Let's move. Let's keep reading. Of the 6,500 user reviews for GT7, over 5,500 are overwhelming, overwhelming negative, often giving the game the lowest score possible. Players were appalled when the game launched, and they were met with hefty microtransactions to unlock cars in the game. Players were upset further when the game's server was mysteriously taken offline for 48 hours after release, preventing even the single-player mode from being accessed. Gamers were finally pushed over the edge. Sorry, I'm picturing all these cars on a cliff, just like, shh, being pushed. Gamers were finally pushed over the edge when developers increased the price of cars and made microtransactions more egregious. Wow, imagine doubling down that bad. Compared to other titles in the series, GT7 is a grind-focused game. While all the cars in GT7 are purchasable with in-game credits, players will need to race for over 20 hours to earn enough credits to buy just one of the game's higher-end cars. The developers have backed up their stance by explaining that they want the experience of GT7 to mirror the real world as much as possible. 
And that means making cars that are expensive in the real world. Yeah, I can't speak right now. In the real world, just as expensive in the game. I can already, I can already see like the gears turning in Johnny's head. When developers took the GT7 servers offline, it was to lower the amount of credits players earned from races in order to make the grind even worse. Attempting to push players towards their microtransactions. Players have responded in kind to Polyphony's questionable strategy by review bombing the game. While GT7 has a solid critic score of 87, the user score is the worst of any in the GT series, not to mention every other game for the PlayStation itself. Some user comments accuse Polyphony developers of selling their souls and ruining a fantastic series through greed. When compared to other racing titles like Forza or Dirt, Polyphony's move to push players into microtransactions seems to have backfired spectacularly and alienated an otherwise dedicated community of fans. All right, all right. I'm going to leave it right there because I think that's enough about that. Johnny, now you are, between the two of us at least, you are a longtime fan of the Gran Turismo series. Is that not true? I guess you could say that. Okay. You did not pick up seven because you say you were still heavily invested in sport. Right? Yeah, I was on sport. And it was just way too soon for me. Because I got seven, I don't know, uh, four months ago? You mean like sport? That. Sport, sport. Uh, so it was just a little too soon for too you to jump. to jump in there. How do you feel about this, Johnny? How do you... I also don't have a fucking PS5 yet. So I'm not going to. Is it PS5 exclusive? No, no. Oh. No, but I want all the good shit. Like, I'm. I'm not gonna have ray tracing on on the PS4. I mean, you would you would still have the game once you got a PS5. You could just, you know, upscale or whatever. Nah, but it, I I can't like I played Horizon and I told you, dude, I have to resist because I'm not gonna get like the fucking 4K 30 or the 60 except. But you right? still enjoy the game. Did you? I still very much enjoy the game, but a major aspect of the game of, is how beautiful it is, mm-hmm. and a lot of the time spent in Horizon was just taking photos. And I had to hide a lot of the photos with, like, the blurry backgrounds, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Halo, Halo up close looks great, but but I had to hide a lot of the images. So it, it was going to be the same thing with GT7, you know? I'm not going to be able to get the maximum, like, experience with with the PS4. So there was that. And, you know, the recent uh, sport. Uh this is just fucking lame, dude. Um, have have the grand charging like forty bucks just for a fucking car, a digital car, after paying seventy bucks. That's fucking absurd. Have the GT games always been grindy when it comes to earning cars? I don't feel that way because after a lot of races, like when you do the driving school, they just give you cars. They just give you all these random cars, and a lot of times you don't need them. And it seems like in GT Seven, they they just give you the bare minimum to be able to enter the next challenge okay. and it, it feels very tight and and like whether you can like they're stingy yeah like you can't it, it won't give you a car that's like two levels up or whatever they're just like just to qualify yes, just to qualify, just to qualify. that's just like a start in stark contrast to like playing a uh, for uh i'm sorry verizon forza horizon yeah Sorry, Forza, Forza also gives you cars like all the time it does like there's the times where i'll do i'll do a race and then a little like spin the wheel thing comes up at the end mm-hmm. and like you're just rewarded like a random car sometimes yeah and then like you can also earn money and just buy the cars and it takes like maybe like five or six races to earn one car mm-hmm. 
so it's kind of egregious that it's now like 20 hours just to earn enough credits to buy one car and like i think that's so stupid saying like oh because it's real it's expensive in real life it's expensive in the game and it's like dude you're missing the point of why people play games i think which is not to be so real to life that it's detrimental to the experience yeah but i think i don't know if this is the right term but i think the article kind of conflates the two you know by saying that the game wants to be real and like they chart like they're not charging no, that was real a, numbers that was a quote from like the representative from polyphony saying like oh like because it's for the price that they're charging for cars for the in-game grind for the cars uh let me find out let me find the part um uh... Yeah, it says the developers have backed up their stance by explaining that they want the experience of GT7 to mirror the real world as much as possible, and that means making cars that are expensive in the real world just expensive in the game. And then they took the servers offline, so people, because GT7 is a pretty much only online game, they took it off online for, I think, a day or two, and people couldn't play the game, like, right after it came out, and then it was just to make everything more expensive. Which is like such a like douche. Yeah, move. and people were grinding some credits, and they took that. They made that harder to do. Mm-hmm. That's just really grimy. I think that's just really. I don't know what's going on at Polyphony. Like I, I honestly don't. I don't know any of like any prominent personalities in Polyphony to be like. Oh, like I don't know who the Kojima or who the Ron Todd Howard or who the Neil Druckmann is at Polyphony. Mm-hmm. But whoever they are, whoever the studio Honcho is, like I, I hope he. I hope he changes this or at least because like I'm not into cars, but if I was, I would be really pissed because this would be this would feel like a slap in the face to like we took the game offline. Here it is. Did you make it better? No, we made it worse. <laughs> yeah. And I fucking hate when people like review bomb games. They re- I usually do. do I usually like do. Dumbest, the dumbest shit. Yes. But with this, I'm kind of like... Well, know? even like even like Forbidden West got review-bombed by random people and like they haven't even played the game. It was like literally you would just see like copy-paste, copy-paste like bad reviews. Yeah, with different names. Yeah. Yeah. But here, it seems earned here. It really does. Yeah. Because they're just being they're just being douches and stuff. It's like they're just jerks and stuff, so... Yeah. Uh, so this, along with like Cyberpunk, I feel like that deserved all the bullshit it got. That's fair. At, at launch, at least. At launch, at, at launch. launch, yes it's awesome now it's awesome now but don't take my word for it go play it all right johnny so that's our story about gran turismo 7 i imagine it's gonna be one of those games that's gonna be like really cheap really soon if they don't turn it around it's gonna just like just fall off i think sales wise next article comes from the verge written by jay peters it says judge approves activision blizzard's 18 million harassment settlement a judge has approved Activision Blizzard's $18 million settlement with the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. The two organizations had announced the settlement in September, but it is now being signed after California state regulators had tried to intervene. Activision Blizzard has been under intense scrutiny since California's Department of Fair Employment and Housing filed a harassment lawsuit in July, alleging the company fostered a culture of, quote, constant sexual harassment, end quote. As part of the consent decree, Activision Blizzard will establish an $18 million settlement fund which will be used to compensate victims of harassment and discrimination. Employees who have worked at the company between September 1st, 2016 and Tuesday, March 29th can submit a claim for sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination, or related retaliation. In addition, 
Activision Blizzard will require all supervisory employees to attend trainings on harassment and discrimination and will expand mental health resources available to employees. The decree, which was approved by Judge Dale S. Fisher on Tuesday, will remain in effect for three years. You can read the full document, uh, well, right there where it's embedded at the bottom of the article. The DFEH has asserted that the consent decree could potentially harm its case against Activision Blizzard and attempted to intervene. That included requesting a stay in the case, which Judge, Judge Fisher denied. In a hearing on Tuesday, the DFEH signaled that it plans to appeal the consent decree. The agreement we re-reached with the EEOC last year reflected our unwavering commitment to ensure a safe and equitable working environment for all employees, Activision Blizzard CEO Bobby Kotick said in a press release. Our goal is to make Activision Blizzard a model for the industry, and we will continue to focus on eliminating harassment and discrimination from our workplace. The court's approval of this settlement is an important step in ensuring that our employees have mechanisms for resources if they experience any form of harassment or retaliation. So, Johnny, so from when... Did I just hear Bobby Kodak say we want to be a model? Uh, Did I say that? Yeah, no, yeah. To make Activision Blizzard a model for the industry. That's not a great way to... That's not the best company to start this this movement. (laughs) Probably not. Yeah, I think I think you're right about that. Um, so Johnny, so the so the main issue here is the eighteen million dollars settlement is really really low. I mean, for all things considered, with the suit, I think the reason why they they're gonna appeal this is because I think they can they feel like they can get way more out of Activision Blizzard. Did they say how many people? I think there's no limit. But the thing is, what usually with these things, if you take the settlement money. You mm-hmm. cannot like pursue any further like legal, um, legal. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Avenues. Uh, yes, like that's it. Like you can't like continue with the settle. You can't continue with like the court cases or like filing or anything. Like like you took the pay and yeah. now like you can you just have to shut up basically. Yeah, but didn't say did it say how many people were taking that pay? No, because it hasn't happened. They haven't taken it yet. It's employees who have worked at the company between September first, twenty sixteen. And Tuesday, March 29th of this year, can submit a claim for sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination, or related retaliation. So it's open to anybody who feels they have suffered. But once you take that settlement money, you're basically, it's like a bribe. You're pretty much saying like, like, yeah, I'm not going to try to sue for more. So that's why, that's why the defense for the employees is like, nah, we're going to appeal this. Like, even though the judge is like, yeah, yeah, that's a good amount. Go ahead. It's up to like the people, the employees to be like, either nah like we're not gonna take it, or okay, fine, I'll shut up. So what would you do? I don't know. It depends on how much I'm getting out of eighteen million. If I'm getting, probably like not that much. Like, I because if eighteen million, that means that's the that's the whole pool, right, for yeah. all the employees. So it depends on how many people. Yeah, but come on, like that's a cool. If you get a cool mill. Oh, that means they would have to be only eighteen mil, eighteen people then, right? Uh-huh. I think. Well, I mean, I would have to find out, like, hey, like, how many of us are, how many of us are going to try for this? And if it's too many, I'm like, nah, like, those, those are rookie numbers. Got to pump them up. 250? No. 250,000? Yeah. I don't know. It depends how bad. Like, because it says sexual harassment, pregnancy discrimination, or related retaliation. Related retaliation is not the same as sexual harassment. If it's like, hey, you leave that woman alone, it's like, okay, you're getting demoted. 
that two hundred fifty thousand would be wonderful in that case. Yeah, if it was I mean, sexual, if it was like I got it. I'm not gonna fucking. If I was a woman, true. if I was like a woman, I was being sexually harassed at work, like on a continuous basis. Two hundred fifty wouldn't be enough for me. It would not. I would need more than that. Okay. You understand, right? The degrees of severity are different. Whether it's like, hey, leave that woman alone, and it's like, okay, well, you're not getting promoted because you like you stood up to your manager. That's that would fall under related retaliation. Mm-hmm. At which point, twenty two hundred fifty thousand. That's I'll take the hush money and I'll just find another job right after. Now, if I was being sexually harassed, if I was a woman and being harassed, like, you know, like the thing where they go under the cubicles or like. Under it, the cubicles. Yeah, remember they would do like those those trains. We call it the office train thing, where they would go under the skirts, like see under the skirts of the women. It happened last year. It was in the article. Remember? I'd take two fifty for that. I feel like you could probably get away for more than two fifty at that point. Yeah, you could probably get more, but yeah. I I could take more depending on the amount of people. Exactly. Though. Well, and also the severity of the sexual harassment. Like if it's really bad, like, if it's just like, hey, you look hot. I'm like, okay, like that's not. I'll take two fifty. But if it's like, hey, like you're groping or like you look trying, hot. I take like I don't know, maybe like twenty thousand for that. But if it was, yeah, but if it was like groping or like completely like over the top, like like that one woman who was like driven to like suicide, like almost that. Oh, for sure. Two fifty yeah. would not even scratch the surface for me. We're going for we're going we're going for like Bobby's like bonus pay. Should have gone for the head. Exactly, Bobby. In this case, he he is the head. I would go for his bonus pay. You're like. Like this, eighteen million dollars is like a drop in the bucket compared to like what his bonus is like hundreds of millions of dollars. So, so why haven't they taken it yet? Well, this literally just happened, and but, so but they're saying so it's open yeah. for a three-year period. Where if you want to claim like, hey, like I suffered in this thing too, uh-huh. it's open to anybody who worked there from that date till March, and for three years. So you have three years to decide if this affects you or not. But the defense side says, like, nah, like, we're not open to that settlement. Like, that's not enough. Like, we're going to appeal this and we're going to go, like, even higher. But don't take the money because if you take the money, you waive your right to, like, any further legal repercussions. Isn't that the prosecution? Not the defense? No, the defense. Wait. The defense would be on Activision. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Okay. Whoever's in favor of the employees, then. There you go. Not yeah, the upper no, management. Prosecution. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. You're right. Oh, my bad. My bad. It's been a long week, Johnny. It's Thursday. It's a long week. <laughs> I get it. I'm just trying to make sense of the story. I appreciate that. Yeah, you're right. So that's the state of the situation right now with Activision Blizzard. It, I, if it gets appealed, I'm pretty sure it's going to be turned over to like a higher court or something. That's usually how it is. When you appeal, you go to the next like highest court after. It probably won't reach... The Supreme Court of California. I doubt it. But there's different levels of courts in the state. There's like your district courts. or like your like municipal, like county courts. There's different. As things get overturned, you go higher and higher up the bracket. So that each new level has more authority than the one before. Yeah, but there's nothing all that unique about this case. There's already plenty of precedent for all this. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's like stuff here that's going to be like, yeah, eh, like you don't have like, no, you're not entitled to that. Or like. You know, this is, I don't. I like talking nonsense at this point. Do you think it's gonna? You think they'll have a successful appeal, or do you think the courts above them are gonna be like, nah, the judge was right, he signed it. Like, yeah, that's good enough. I don't know where it's gonna go, dude. 
I guess only time will tell. Johnny, why don't we end this? Not end it. I'm sorry. We'll end the news section at least with something a little more interesting, a little lighter, lighter, lighthearted. I'm talking about the new PlayStation Plus tiers coming out this summer. This article comes by way of Kotaku, written by Ari Notice and John Walker, U.S. agent. Hmm. John Walker. PlayStation unveils Game Pass competitor that will let you play old games. That's that's a weird way of putting it, but I mean, it's not wrong. It's just not the best headline. Anyways, forget Netflix for games for a sec. The conversation to watch this week is Hulu for games. Yes, Sony has finally lifted the curtain on its eagerly anticipated overhaul of PS Plus and PS Now. Formerly known under the codename Spartacus. Do you know Spartacus, Johnny? I'm the real Spartacus. Roman Gladiator. Good. That's right. You're absolutely right. The new service has three tiers. The middle level adding over 400 PS4 and PS5 games to download. And the third and most expensive at $120 a year, or as I prefer, $17 a month. Additionally, letting subscribers pay PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games from Sony's back catalog. The current PlayStation Plus will come to exist as the lowest tier to somewhat confusingly be called PlayStation Plus Essential. That is kind of confusing, I think. This will keep the two free monthly games... Thank God. I was, I was, I was worried we're going to take those away. This will keep the two free monthly games and various bonus current users are familiar with for the same $10 price. As expected, the new setup will ditch the PS now name and instead merge that into the second tier PlayStation plus extra. This is essentially their game pass equivalent with all the essential tier stuff and up to 400 PS4 and PS5 games now available to download. That will match Microsoft's Game Pass Ultimate monthly price at $15. Finally, there's a PlayStation Plus Premium, which includes the previous two levels, then adds in a back catalog of up to 340 PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games to cloud stream. Not download, Johnny, not cloud, not download. Cloud stream, as well as the ability to cloud stream the PS4 games. It'll also let you stream your games to PC and provide time-limited trials of games before you buy them. And it says, here are the full details. So, like, okay, I'm not going to go over it again. Just know that Tier 1 is the same as it is now, 10 bucks a month or 60 bucks a year. PlayStation Plus Extra, which is the one with the 400 PS4 and PS5 games, is $14.99 a month, so 5 bucks more per month. Or $100 a year. And then PlayStation Plus Premium, which is like everything above plus the PS1, PS2, PS3, PSP games for streaming and PC play, is $17.99 a month. So three more dollars in the second tier. Or $120 a year. The new service will roll out on PS4 and PS5 in the first half of 2022. It's starting in Asia in June and then will roll out to the US and Europe after that before becoming available in the rest of the world. The service will also include the following games when it launches. Death Stranding. I can finally play it, Johnny. God of War. Marvel's Spider-Man. Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. Mortal Kombat 11 and Returnal. Essentially, the new PS Plus combines the best aspects of Sony's other two subscription games. I'm sorry, programs. PS Plus and PS Now. 
It's an answer to Game Pass, Microsoft's immensely popular games-on-demand subscription for Xbox and PC. In December, Bloomberg first reported the existence of the service, which was then codenamed Spodicus. The idea was to merge PlayStation subscriptions under one tidy umbrella, marrying the games-on-demand library of PS Now with the free monthly games of PS Plus. It will also give access to game demos at the top tier, a rapidly fading relic in the era of digital ownership. All right, and then kind of talks more about how... Oh, hold on, this part is important because Johnny wanted me to mention. Last week... Wait, is that Ryan's part? Yes. Uh, you don't want to give your opinion first, and then we'll talk about Ryan? Okay. Okay, so what are you going to get? Um, uh, honestly, I'm, I am I feel conflicted on two fronts. One, I already have Game Pass. I don't know if I want another Game Pass service but you already have playstation plus no okay i'm getting there okay i already have playstation plus but for just five dollars more i get like access to a vast library of games i'm not even interested in that i'm interested in the third tier the second tier to me is like whatever it's the third tier that's actually really really dope access to every single generation of playstation for seven bucks more a month including like streaming and not having to download things on my already cramped hard drive that is for me like the main that's like the the main one for me that's like the main ticket the second tier the middle tier is kind of just whatever it's not even like that great it's not bad it's just it's like it's like you know when you go to mcdonald's well i don't know if you go to mcdonald's but when you go to mcdonald's and like there's a regular meal then there's like the medium there's the large right oh medium is like a dollar more Large is like a dollar fifty more, but the difference between medium and large is drastic. So I might as well just go large because. So we're talking the about way- large fries, large so drink. Yeah. Okay. The scale of from whatever to large is much more approach. I don't know. It's much more tempting than like from whatever to medium. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the benefits of just going to the highest tier. Like for the price is much more, I think, weighed in your favor in terms of like what you're getting for your money. Because it's only $3 more than the middle tier and the middle tier is not even that impressive. So you might as well just, it's like when you go get a drink from McDonald's, like, oh, for a quarter more, you can get a large. I'm like, well, duh. I'm like, I don't need the extra soda, but I would be foolish to turn it down for over a quarter. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So I would probably, I would either keep what I have now. Or go straight to the third tier and completely skip the second tier. Because the third tier, having access to PSP games is really dope. Playing, Imagine playing a PSP game on your system. Like, that's dope. Or playing it on the PC. Even doper. Mm-hmm. Having PS2, PS3. I haven't played PS3 games in so long because I'm so far removed now, like, generation-wise. Like, there's a lot of games that are on PS3 that are just locked to that system. Like, there was no remakes or anything for certain games. Like... Fallout New Vegas and Fallout 3 are still, for me, locked to PS3. I can't play them unless, well, that's not true. I guess I can buy them on PC, but that's neither here nor there. So the idea, there's a huge catalog of PS3 games, which are freaking wonderful. that are just not accessible on PS4 because of the completely different cell, like, architecture and stuff. So being able to stream those is cool. I guess... It's still cheaper, even if you did like the mid tier thing, compared to having PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus, which are twenty bucks together right now. 
as opposed to fifteen dollars, we just combine them together with the second tier. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, sort of. And so for the cost of less than the two tier than PlayStation Plus now, PlayStation I'm sorry, I'm not confused. PlayStation Plus is nine dollars, right? Ten dollars. PlayStation now right now is ten dollars, right? So the third tier is still cheaper than both of those put together at eighteen dollars. Which offers all of the back catalog. Well, not all of it. I'm sorry, 340 games of the back catalog. So, I'm leaning towards the third tier. I don't know for sure if I'll get it. So it gives you that whole amount, right? The 300 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Do you think they're gonna roll them out or just all at once? No. So from what I've under what I understand, because it's in the PlayStation blog, it mentions the 400 games that you get with the second tier and the 340 you get with the third tier mm-hmm. those will be like a revolving door of titles okay so kind of how game pass right now like where they'll get a, a really dope game but it'll just be like they're like leasing it like you have a year or something to play it and then it's gonna be swapped out and then new things gonna come and take its place mm-hmm. as uh, unless you download it to your system in which case it's there until you delete it Really? Yeah. On, Ga- on Game Pass? On Game Pass. If you download a game to your PC, even if the game's no longer available on Game Pass, if it's still on your PC, you can still play it. Because right, you're technically, it's already like, you have the license already, right? That's really cool. All right. Yeah. So I could see, I could. that's probably how, most likely how this is going to work out. So those games will be constantly changing like every few months mm-hmm. just to keep it fresh, you know? So, so the main appeal for the, for the biggest one for you is you get to play the old stuff. Mm-hmm. You still get the two games, mm-hmm. and then you don't have to put, you don't have to download it. You can stream it. Yeah, because my hard drive is like packed. Yeah, and yeah, that's about it. I mean, for me, I think if I was brand new to PlayStation, I would definitely get the the largest tier. But the thing is, I've already played like my favorite fucking games on PlayStation. How do you know you've played everything on there, John? How do you know you've played? How do you know there won't you wouldn't have future favorites? Mm. you know what i mean i'm not sure i think it's worth a try like i I gotta see what's available day one uh but i think it's still worth worth giving it a try Hmm. but i mean okay so what is it 120 or whatever for the year for the for the year 120 but some of my top games and the games that i'm already considering that are that would be top tier for me Mm mm-hmm they're the older games, right? Like the older God of War, mm-hmm. Infamous, all that stuff. Yeah. That stuff is already going for 20 bucks. Yeah, I think you're right. So I, I can buy the... them a la carte and still be content for like months on end. Yeah. Now here's a little here's a little cheat sheet, John. Here's a little cheat. If you pay for the year right now, right now for PlayStation Plus for the year, mm-hmm. you when it gets grandfathered in, you'll automatically get the highest tier. For the remainder of that, uh, so I could get it just one day prior. I should. Uh... I don't know if it'll work a day prior. It might. I don't know. I would be worried there'd be a point where they're gonna cut it off, though. We're like, okay, you can't like get the whole year until like that, like a freeze period while they're transitioning. Huh. So I would do it sooner rather than later. But if you maybe like three months or something. Yeah, maybe like or like two months before or something. Like wait it out and then be like, because it's not supposed to roll out till June in Asia and then here later on. So let's see, we're in, we're about to be in April. Maybe probably at the end of April. I would get it. You automatically grandfathered into the highest tier. Hmm. So you might want to take care of that sooner or later. So you get that extra. You would basically get your the rest of the rest of it half off for the third tier, which is like 
the price of the base PlayStation Plus. So something to think about. Uh, all right, John, let's continue with the article. There's another part here. Uh, where was it? You threw me off. Okay, here we go. In a new interview with GameIndustry.biz, Jim Ryan, head of Sony Interactive Entertainment, confirmed that the new PlayStation Plus will not regularly be getting first-party Sony games on launch day. As far as business moves go, Sony's is an errant line of dialogue from Pirates of the Caribbean. First-party PlayStation games already fly off the shelves. There's no reason to put them on a subscription that'll likely pick up a user base at similar pace, if only for the novelty. To be sure, PS Now technically beat Game Pass to the punch by years in terms of offering a library of hundreds of games and offering those games via cloud streaming. But confusing... So remember that, that was when it was back when it was known as that Genkai thing? You remember that? Like when they first purchased that service for cloud streaming, like way back during the early days of PS4? No. You don't remember? Genkai, no. That's what it was called, like the original, like software or like part program or whatever and then they called it ps now anyway it's not important well actually it is kind of important you should remember that but anyways i'm not gonna, I'm gonna ignore it uh but confusing messaging plus a weird rental rate you have to pay for a set number of hours or days of access to specific games turn players off so let me lead to the actual interview with jim ryan that i thought was included here but i'm not seeing it here we go we're gonna scroll down give me a second uh, so Jim Ryan says here, uh, we feel like we are in a good virtuous cycle with the studios, explains PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan, where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. <laughs> we like that cycle and we think our gamers like that cycle. He continues, in terms of putting our own games into the service or any of our services upon their release, as you well know, this is not a road that we've gone down in the past. And it's not a road that we're going to go down with this new service. We feel if we were to do that with the games that we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of invest, yeah, the level of investment that we need to make in our studios would not be possible, and we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers want. Ryan's view on this isn't unique to Sony. Most AAA publishers are reluctant to put their most recent games into subscription services. The counter-argument is that by putting your latest titles into PS Plus or Xbox Game Pass, you're potentially widening your audience. Overnight, your new release could have tens of millions of players, and if your game has other forms of monetization in it, then the revenue potential is significant. And even if your game doesn't have microtransactions, Xbox believes that the subscriptions combined with streaming is the key to finding new console players. Uh, let's see. Ryan's perspective is a pragmatic one, and PlayStation's current position on this is entirely subject to change. Quote, The way the world is changing so very quickly at the moment, nothing is forever, he tells us. Who would have even who would have said even four years ago that you would see AAA PlayStation IP being published on PC? That's a good point. We started that last year with Horizon Zero Dawn, then Days Gone, and now God of War. A hugely polished and accomplished PC version of that game. We've had great critical success and great commercial success. And it, okay, okay. Now he's talking about PC stuff. Not important. Johnny, do you agree with Jim Ryan? Do you think releasing day one launch stuff on PlayStation Plus, the service, do you think that would water down the quality of games? Yes. I'm very concerned with his uh, statement. So like you, that it, yeah, I'm like that he's not going to throw everything just fucking in there and then 
muddy the waters with all the other games uh this is fine with me this is cool yeah this i mean is kind of exactly what i want yeah i i don't think they're gonna do that just because this is not meant to be like a one-for-one game pass like rival it's not meant to be the same thing game pass as i i kind of talked about this with one of my friends this service that they're offering is supposed to kind of like supplement the main way that you play your primary way of playing games on playstation where like here's access to back stuff but if you want the newest stuff you're still have to like buy it like individually whereas on xbox they've kind of sold the entire idea of of what game pass is as a alternative to traditional gaming yeah where it's like you don't even need a console to use game pass i don't even have an xbox console i use game pass on through pc Mm -hmm. so it's like they're two different there are two different approaches to two different problems because for on the Xbox side, Game Pass lets you basically become your it's your primary way of playing because you have like the backwards compatibility from all the generations of Xbox. Anyways, on the P- PlayStation side, offering this alternative where you have access to PS2, PS3, it's because those things are locked away behind the the way the PS5 and PS4 work. They're not backwards compatible. So on Xbox side, because Xbox is backwards compatible, Game Pass is really just kind of a way of playing games in your primary role. On PlayStation, it's more like a side, kind of like a side dish in a way, if you want, if I could put it that way. Because there's no other way to access that back content today. Mm-hmm. You're still meant to play your PS5 or your PS4 for its day one exclusives, but you're going to have to pay for those. But here's a side, here's the side salad to kind of complement that. You know what I'm saying? That's how I understand the two different visions. Yeah, I'm not sure if that if that's accurate, but I I kind of have the same idea. It feels like two business models at the same time. It is, yeah. And it feels a little more flexible than Xbox is because in Xbox, people are already expecting like we want shit day one. You know? Right. Yeah, I mean, on there's Xbox, a lot of pressure on Xbox's side to do that. Yeah, because over there they care more. Like, their, their whole like marketing around Xbox is like Game Pass is the thing we're pushing first and foremost, and then consoles are secondary, and everything else is like behind that. Whereas on PlayStation side, it's like we want you to buy the games, and oh yeah, if you're interested in, in older stuff, like here, like here, yeah, we'll throw you a bone. Here's how you can access that side stuff. It's like you're right. It's two completely different philosophies of how to play yeah and that might have been a detriment to halo maybe because it's an online model uh service uh, online only service uh what am i trying to say it's a it's a live service for halo well yeah there's a campaign component and there's a lot there's a multiplayer yeah, so yeah. i don't know if it fell apart because of because halo was managed poorly or because it was attached to day one wait what fell apart halo how did halo fall apart it's not doing well the player numbers are not doing well. Uh, people are pissed oh, off that the updates aren't coming fast enough. Oh, I just figured people it wasn't doing well because people are finally just like moving on to other games. That too, also. Oh. But I don't know if they're gonna come back. Interesting. Back to it, like, like Fortnite. Like Fortnite doesn't put in like enough, uh, enough like when the season changes, mm-hmm. they don't put enough into it. But people still fucking stick around, and that doesn't seem to be happening with Halo. Yeah, it has much more legs. Uh, yes, yes. Than like Halo does. It's much more. Uh, I guess you could say its attach rate's a little stickier. Yeah, yeah. I agree. 
Speaking of Fortnite, Johnny, mm-hmm. because we're done with that was the last of our stories for the week. Let's transition over to what we've been playing. So the boys and I, the boys being uh, our cousin Brian, uh, our friends, Mikko, Omar, shout out to them. We've been playing Fortnite now that there's a no building mode. We've been playing it. We've been doing pretty well. Uh, I don't know if it's bots. Maybe there's a lot of bots right now. Oh, God. I don't know what it is. But, like, we got... I remember one on over Saturday or Sunday, we got, like, five victory royales in a row. And I'm like, something's fishy. I don't know if it's bots or what. But then, like, I would see, like, I would kill somebody and would say, like, oh, they're spectating. I'm like, well... A bot would it wouldn't make sense for a bot to spectate? I think, right? Have you seen the military girls? Was it with the green suits? I seen a handful with the ponytail. A handful. All right. What about them? It looks it looks like that's the standard bot. Oh, okay. She's got like her fatigues on with the ponytail in the back. She's like, oh, the default hair. character one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I so see. Those look like the bots. I was asking the other guys, like, are those PC players and they're just fucking trolling us? It's or hard to tell sometimes because they're fucking good, dude. Yeah, it's very inconsistent. The AI is fucking amazing. For that thing to be a bot, if it is, it's nuts, dude. Because you shoot the thing, and they all they all play the same, but they they're react so the same. reactive. Yeah. They run right when they need to run. They don't pickaxe like the other stuff. Like They'll just blast through the damn doors. Well, pickaxing doesn't do anything, right, remember? No, so- but there's the other bots. Like You've seen the IOs, right? Mm-hmm. Those IOs, when they get stuck... They'll be like they'll have a like a giant open window. Are you talking about like the obvious NPCs? Yes, the oh, obvious okay. ones. They'll have like two giant windows that you could just walk through, but they'll get stuck in the middle column and they'll, yeah, and they'll start using their pickaxe. And then when you sh- they're like very slow to react, yeah, and very like. But the other ones robotic. But the other ones look so natural, dude. They're they're they jump, they crawl up into fucking buildings, they'll strategize. They'll hide in the bushes. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen them, like, just stalking me. Really? That's advanced AI? Yeah, I'll see them in, on the, in the distance, and then I see them, like, pre, uh, like creep out of the side of the wall. The, take the corners, or they'll yeah. sneak through the bushes. Mm-hmm. But they're, they're too... They're climbing through your windows. But they're too aggressive to just be regular players. Right. So, if... So, in some ways, they're harder in a way, I guess you could say, probably. It says it matches them up to, according to your level... Oh, you know what? We all did just start the game. We all just started the game for the first time, like in a long time. So maybe that could be it. Oh, okay. Then maybe that's it. So is there like a skill based matchmaking kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, it's like, like Call of Duty. They, it says they're skill based, and I feel like I must be too fucking good because these AIs are wrecking me. Because <laughs> they're matching me up with some crazy shit. Like they're like seeing through walls and crap. Like they already know where you are. Like that kind of stuff or what? Like 360, like spinning and like, like just turning around quickly or what? Like they just know where you're at. Okay, they behave too too much like a human being, so there's that. But they're too aggressive to be human beings. So how can you tell the difference then? Like in the names, are the names obvious when they're like bots? No, they're all wearing the same skin. No, the names. Like when you shoot the name, like is like is that like an NPC name or not? It's like something with a bunch of numbers, like. Is there a way to tell or not really by the I names? I don't think so. Because sometimes I'll see like a name and there'll be like parentheses oh, like when two. they die? Like when you kill them? Yeah. I don't really pay attention to that. Oh, because I can't tell like, I'm like, is that an NPC or not? I can't tell. And then like we always do the thing where we try to find a tank and we all just pile it into the tank and we pretty much just survive that way. But we have like someone on the machine gun and someone on the main cannon mm-hmm. and the two guys on the side who are just like leaning out with the guns. So we take the tank 
And as long, as long as we get to the tank, we pretty much guarantee the victory. Really? Yeah. Because no one seems to know how to combat or counter the tank effectively. Use the rockets. I, ne- I rarely ever see rockets. I don't know. Maybe they're hard to find in the game now. I don't know. But like... Well, they just... I don't know. When we roll in, like, like, people just start running away or like they, they foolishly try to shoot us. So if, I, I think the tank hasn't really contributed to us winning a lot. So your man, the machine gun. Yeah. I like using the machine gun and somebody else will do the main cannon. And the two, uh, whoever's left over is like on the sides, like just peeking out with their rifles and stuff. I really like, I really do like the, uh, the one where you aim down the sights for with the scope. The, it looks like an AUG. I read the rifle's name, but it looks so like So it's a, not a bullpup? It is bullpup, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's an AUG. The AUG is a bullpup gun. Because the MK, the one prior, was not a bullpup. No, yeah, AUG. It's a. Uh, it's the. Austri- that's what Austria uses. With the little skinny nose in the front. Yeah, yeah, it's an AUG right. with the bullpup and then like the little like scope on the top. Like, yeah, it's it attached. feels good and it's a burst. Yeah, so, three round. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just like zooming out and like and like they go down pretty quick. I'm like, ah, oh, I love the way it feels. Obviously, the higher rank, right? The purple, mm-hmm. the blues, or whatever. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we're enjo- we're enjoying it, and I felt it was really cool because like. Some of them haven't played in so long, so they have, like, the default skins. Mm-hmm. And I, I pull it. You know how you're here in the lobby waiting? <laughs> and I show up with my cami and my guile, and they're like, what? Like, how'd you get those? And then because, you know, like, in the store, like, the skins aren't always available. Yeah. It's like whatever happens to be available, like, that day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, how do we get that? And it's like, oh, like, well, like, you know, you have to wait for it to come back around. And like, oh, man. And so what we ended up doing was some of them bought the uh, the Cobra Kai skins, like the default ones. Yeah. Because you can change it to like three different like colors, outfits uh, for Miyagi-Do, Eagle Fang, and Cobra Kai. Yeah. So we just showed up, like we just rolled up as a squad as like all black Cobra Kai, like like with geese and stuff. So it's cool. It's, I mean, I, I kind of get the appeal now where like when you're playing with people who you know or playing with a squad that's like, like you get along with, like it's way more enjoyable. and then not having to worry about like you get shot and then somebody builds a hotel out of nowhere like so you guys are coordinating well like doing the call outs pretty much well yeah because you can just do the thing when you tag somebody right like when you see somebody and you like up on the d-pad to like the the little sound the whoa whoa yeah ping that the ping there you go yeah so like it's like oh like i see somebody over there like where are they like oh like in that area and then the little the little ping thing Mm -hmm. so I mean, even without without speaking, like it's still like yeah, just ping the person, and you know what's going on. Uh, the only time we lose is when we get too far apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Like oh, like why'd you wander away from the group? Like I was looking for guns or supplies, and it's like she just stuck to the group because that's how like when you have the overwhelming numbers, it's like anybody who comes up to you who's less than four is not gonna really survive easily. So. It's it's been pretty fun. Probably, I think they're playing right now. I just got I got the message a note and messengers like, are we doing Fortnite tonight? And I'm like, I'm not home right now, but we'll see when I get home. Yeah, he's like Brian says we gonna we gonna be playing Fortnite tonight. And one of the guys says I'm doing laundry, and I put like I'm not home right now, so we'll probably play Fortnite when I get back home later. Um, so and then we saw that going forward, it looks like this is gonna be a permanent addition. Like they're gonna split modes between building and non-building mm-hmm. which is dope so yeah but i do a... hope as far as the building goes i do so i want things like have you seen the barriers right what barriers so there's a just like the guns are scattered everywhere but it's a barrier that you can pick up and throw it down 
and then you get a whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah. We have that in Warzone, too. Yeah. Yeah. So you get that, and then you can throw them at the cars, and the cars become, like, battering rams. Oh, I saw Brian do that. He put it on the front of the truck. Yeah. Yeah. So I hope we get that. But instead of the builds, we keep that thing, but we also, instead of, like, your walls and your roofs, I hope we get things like a grappling hook or... Or uh, maybe a smoke bomb. Uh, stuff like that would be fucking awesome. Mm. Because that button isn't assigned to anything right now. Oh, okay. So if they just assign it to some more like low ground stuff, mm. it would be awesome. Mm. Maybe. Have you have you been enjoying the no build mode too? Or is it just like whatever to you? No, it's cool. It's 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 different. But is that your main one or you go to a competitive? No, those fucking guys are retarded. Because they try, because our guy, our friends tried playing competitive. They're like, nah, never mind. <laughs> no way, like we can't keep up. Forget it. Uh, I'll get into it if I have a uh, like my homies on it. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, alone, no. Okay. Is there competitive solo? Yeah. Oh okay. All right, and then oh oh, so between the last time we recorded and today, I bought and beat uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land. Uh, okay. Kirby. This is by far the best Kirby game I've played. And I've played a lot of Kirby games throughout the years. Yeah, it looks fun. So the whole transition to a full 3D environment completely like takes advantage of Kirby's abilities of like the absorbing powers and using the new the moves. Uh they added the mouthful mode, which you see right where he becomes the car, where he tries to swallow the car and becomes a car. Yeah. He does. This, he swallows traffic cones, becomes a traffic cone. He swallows uh, vending machines, and he can like, shoot out sodas. Yeah, Kirby would be the throat goat. <laughs> yeah, uh, he can. He can swallow like staircases and become a staircase, which sounds weird, but there is like there is actual reasons why you would want to use these abilities for like maneuvering. Like for example, there's a part where if you absorb the car or swallow the car, or whatever. Then you can like drive around on this little like racetrack kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If you swallow the trash can, not the trash can, I'm sorry, swallow the vending machine, then you can like rapid fire sodas at enemies and take solve like to get past like a certain area or something. So like the use of the 3D, the introduction of mouthful mode, which is like he where he like sw- inhales things but can't swallow them all the way, so that's why he's like still pink, like sticking out. It's it's really fun. Um there's like a main hub area called Waddle D Village or Waddle D Town. I forget which one it is, but it's like your main hub. So traditional Kirby games don't really have a main hub. You just go from world level to level. And you kind of just advance that way. But with the main hub, like you, you collect these Waddle. Every time you clear a stage, you get like a certain amount of Waddle Ds, which are like the little like orange creatures. Mm-hmm. They look like they look like Kirby, but like the little orange creatures with like no mouth. And you take them back to the Waddle D town where they that were like every few waldies you get like they add a new facility to like the hub so like they'll add like a weapon shop where you can go in and like swap out powers they add a theater like a theater they build a theater for you where you can go watch like cutscenes you've already seen before and like stuff from like old games They're, they build a coliseum for you where you can like fight like optional boss battles that are like harder there's like a lot of like a lot of content just packed into this game now Kirby games are have always been known for being short. It's still a short game. I think I probably clocked in like twelve hours before I rolled credits, because Kirby, by the very nature of the games, are very short, which is good in this case, because as simplistic as Kirby the game the gameplay for Kirby games is, 
there's no reason for that to be like 20 or 30 hours. It's just unnecessary. So 12 hours I'm happy with. Some people, if you're one of those people who's like dollars to hour ratio, then you're probably not going to get as much out of Kirby as you would say like Elden Ring, which is like hundreds of hours. But if you're like me and you're a fan of the big pink blob and you just, I mean, Kirby's always been about like fun, like power-ups, absorbing characters, and like just cutesy charm, which is exactly what this game has. The environments are really, really beautiful. There's like um, each section or each world of the game has like its own theme. Like there's a beach world. There's a forest world. There's a city world. There's a theme park world. There's a desert resort town world. And like all of these environments look like beautifully rendered. They make sense. They feel, I guess you could say like the gameplay feels integral to like what the environments are. So for example, when you get to like the lava world, like there's a part where Kirby can turn into like an air glider and then like the heat or whatever from the lava like lifts you up and stuff. There's another situation when you're like in this like construction world where Kirby inhales a industrial pipe and you basically just become this big rolling piece of machinery and you're just like plowing through enemies. So like the mouthful mode, powering up abilities, 3D, like it's the most fleshed out and fully realized Kirby game I've ever seen. Again, very short. By modern standards, it's very short. But I think 12 hours, eh, if you were rationing that to about like $5 per hour, I I enjoyed it for what it was. It's my favorite career game I played. I actually wrote a I wrote an article or a review for it yesterday. If anyone wants to read more about or learn more about that, I uh, it's on. I wrote it for Geek News Now. You can look it up and just look Kirby in Forgotten Land. Um, yeah, so I enjoyed it. What sucks about it? I, I can't tell if that's a Kirby pun or not. Or not. Ah <laughs> oh, shit! I missed that opportunity. Go ahead. Was it a Kirby pun or are you uh, saying it like wasn't, what's... But it, oh, it's... okay. I thought you said what sucks, like you know, he, he inhales and stuff. Yeah. Uh, my, the only thing I don't like about it is that the story is not fully fleshed out to like the very very end. Mm-hmm. Like you see, so you know how we saw in the trailers, like every like it's there's a mall, there's a city, everything's abandoned, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't understand, you don't find out why it's abandoned to like the very last like twenty minutes of the game. So, like, you're kind of playing in this no-context world, not understanding why, like, all these human things are around, why there's, like, all these, like, industrial, like, um, what do you call those? Those shipping containers with, like, company logos and abandoned amusement parks, abandoned resorts. Like, why is all this stuff, where's all the people? And then, like, it's not fully explained until, like, the last 20 minutes of the game. So, I think the story could have been, like, doled out a little bit like more sporadically okay or they maybe included more cutscenes in between levels and stuff that would have been nicer but the bulk of the story is like the last fourth of the game which uh i didn't really like too much and then once you understand it like everything's kind of just like that's it like that's the explanation like this is kind of it's a little convulsed and i don't mind games that get dark but the whole idea, like the end of the game is kind of really dark in comparison to the rest of the game. So it kind of doesn't mesh well, I think, with the atmosphere or the tone of the overall game. Kirby games have a history of being very cutesy on presentation. And then when you dive deep into the lore, it's like, oh, like this gets dark. 
And it's really weird for me, especially in this game where like it's cutesy. There's all this stuff going on. It's like nice and pleasant. And then it's like, oh, like things get dark. I don't mind dark storytelling. I actually really like when it's mature. I, I when it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, when it makes sense. So that's my one gripe. But if I had to like give it like a score, I would give it like a eight point five or like a nine because I really, absolutely adore this game. I'm gonna go back, collect all the Waddle Ds because I know I missed out on a bunch of them. So like we'll get to the end of the level and it's like, all right, here's all the Waddle Ds you rescued and like, oh, here here's a clue on how to get the ones you missed and like it'll give you out like a little bit. Like here's the next clue for like what you have to do. It's like, oh beat this enemy using this power or uh collect five like posters and like you only got three or something it's like okay i have to go back later and get the other two kind of stuff so like they're they give you enough stuff to do for like replayability purposes because most traditional kirby games are very straightforward and linear whereas here it's like replay it again and do this other side stuff on the side so it's very content rich like for as much stuff that they crammed into the game. But it's also like there's other pros with like the environments, the design, the way everything looks, the way Kirby handles feels really good to me where like he's very responsive. He can do like like dodges and freaking like shield against attack. It feels almost like it sounds silly, but it's almost like from software did like a Kirby game in a way. Cause like there's like boss battles where like the health bar is huge and like you have to like dodge like attacks. I mean, the game is always... Kirby games have always been super easy. I think the only time I died in this game, and I played it on the hardest mode, the only time I died was during the final boss battle. And it was only once. I heard it, I heard it was super easy. A lot of people were like, this shit is like almost boring easy. I could see that. You know what? It's a hard game to recommend for most people because I do feel it's still pretty basic. Mm-hmm. But it's nowhere near as basic as like previous Kirby games. So if you're somebody who's like, it's such like a whiplash coming from like Elden Ring and Horizon to something that's, I think you even told me this like a while, like last time I recorded, like, you're like, how are you, you even say like, how are you going to go from Horizon to Kirby? You told me that. And I was like, it's like a complete, it's like, it's like going from saying, how are you going to go from pizza to lobster or vice versa? It's like two different scratches, two different itches. Not really. It's, it's more like saying, how are you going to go from Papa John's to Little Caesars? Well, Little Caesars is pretty good when you're on a budget. Yeah. And Papa John's. You know what? I actually don't really care for Papa John's that much. Mm. I don't think I've had Papa John's like in over a decade. There's not one nearby. I mean, Domino's is good, all that. Uh, different subject. but anyways. Domino's, I'll take over anything, any day. So good. But anyways, yes. Uh, different different tastes or different, what do you say? Different uh, strokes for different folks. Yeah. So... I'm loving Kirby. I love Kirby. I finished it. I'll probably go back and do more stuff. But now that I'm done with Kirby, I can focus on Elden Ring. And I guess to a certain extent, uh, Triangle Strategy. And maybe maybe Horizon. Johnny, what have you been playing? So, the only thing I've been playing, like we spoke about earlier, is uh, Fortnite. So, I'm not really going to get into that. I've been kind of itching to play uh, Metal Gear 2. It's right there on my shelf, so might pop that in. Do you still have a PS2? No, it's it's not backwards compatible. A PS4? No. Really? We just talked about that when I talked about why... Well, you said the PS3. Yes. The PS3 is backwards compatible with 2. Do you still have a PS3? 
Oh, that's right. That bitch is on three, right? No, it's on two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's two. I thought it was uh, backwards compatible to four. No. Fuck. <laughs> I figured something else out. I mean, I, I might you, Why don't you replay Uncharted 4? What about that? No, I already beat that fucking horse to death. Uh, I might end up getting uh, Alan Wake. Alan Wake? Okay. Yeah, I might do that. I might get back into Death Stranding and Platinum that. But uh, there's no other games that I'm really interested in right now. I'm waiting for a Vampire the Masquerade. You've seen that? It's a free-to-play game. It looks pretty great. No. I mean, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Oh, you know what? I was confusing it with Vampire, where they spelled it with a Y. That's a different game, though. Yeah. The Masquerade. No, I haven't played that one. Yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure what I'm going to get into from now to next week. Uh, I said I was going to do Elden Ring, but I fucking can't do it. I know when that Elden Ring... I can't fucking do it. I, I like, it can only mean one thing. I just have the image right there sitting on my PS4. I know when that Elden Ring... And I'm like, I'm not going to tolerate this fucking... This I have made some Elden Ring progress. I'm now at level 60-something. Mm-hmm. And I'm past... I'm about two-thirds through with the game. About two-thirds through. Because I already have... I already got into like the last. No, I'm sorry. I got into the, the second to last area in the game, mm-hmm. and I think from there, from what I understand, it's like another twenty or so hours. Because okay. about I have about I have about forty hours in the game so far. So I'm about two thirds of the way. My character is pretty good, and I, but from now from here on out, it's either I just level up more or I just get better like skill wise. Okay, if you had a Konami code. What would it be for Elden Ring? Oh, um, shoot. Unlimited arrows, probably. Because I always run out of arrows. That's annoying. No, it would be to be able to, like, buy healing items. Because you can't buy healing items without resetting, like, everything. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that that is annoying. You can't yeah, returning to, like, the fire, like, to, like, the sight of grace restores all your healing potions. But then it also brings back all the enemies. So that's kind of frustrating. Yeah, I'd probably ask for a flying horse or a decent map. A decent map? What would that even look like? How would that be different? Just a nice map, like a something. Are you talking about the world map or the map that you use to figure out where you're going? The world map. Oh. What's wrong with the world map? Well, isn't it the same thing? The the one that's coordinating you, telling you where all the icons are? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the world map. I just want a better world map. Oh, you just want more direction then. Better direction. Better direction. Tell me where, like, the bosses are. The main bosses. Okay. Well, I mean, that's exactly what the things are pointing to. Yeah, but I go there and nothing really happens. So that's annoying. You have to keep following. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, uh, but you have anything else before we get into the pitch? No, I'm good. Okay, I had one more question because now I'm fucking hungry. What is your favorite pizza? Uh, Domino's. But what type? Like, mine has got to be Hawaiian. Oh, uh, mushroom, pineapple, and pepperoni. Yeah, it's Hawaiian. No, mushroom's not Hawaiian. Oh, mushroom's not. You're right. And then, no, pepperoni's not Hawaiian. Ham is Hawaiian. Uh, one of my favorite ones is is that one place you took me to like 10 years oh, ago. Oh, Straw Hat Pizza. What was that? Straw Hat Pizza. Yeah, but what was the pizza you recommended? Uh, it was a it was a uh, chicken barbecue something something. It was like, but there was that, but there was also a veggie one. It was like artichoke. Or I something didn't need like that, that one. I didn't need that one. Hmm. 
we had the chick we had the grilled chicken bake bacon barbecue something that shit was great it's still there johnny it's as the kids these days would say bussin it's bussin mm-hmm. <laughs> are you uh, laughing <laughs> it's true you always throw that look like andrew does this shit where he like i lift my eyebrow he, he does the rocks he i raise my eyebrows yeah. and i it's like it's like i guess you could say and i put on like, the sunglasses kind of thing and I give like the 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 punchline. Ah, you're making me hungry, Johnny. Now I want pizza. All right, let's get to this right here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the return of the pitch. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the pitch, the pitch is a segment Johnny and I used to do. I'm trying to do it again, where we take two containers. One contains themes for games such as. I don't know, Underwater, Space Marine, uh, Aztec, World War II. You get the idea. Haunted Mansion, stuff like that. And the other container contains the genre of the game. So JRPG, shooter, first-person survival horror, racing. I don't know. Whatever it is, we come up, we take one or two pieces of paper, we share them and we mix, mix, mash them together to come up with a concept for a game. And it's been a while since we've done one of these, Johnny. Usually, I'm kind of drained by the time we've finished talking, but they have a, I have a little gas in the tank. So, what you got? I got. I'm already drained. I got Egyptian Kingdom and Mesoamerica. Ooh, what you got? All right, these are actually cool because I won't get these uh, too often. So I got party game. Okay. <laughs> uh, Mesoamerican kingdom. That's Egyptian a kingdom. Tough to to combine. No, that's like, that's easily like a Mario Party like board. I could combine two of these and make it pretty interesting. What's the other one? We got spy. That's not a genre of a game, is it? I guess it's like stealth or something. Yeah, it would be stealth. I'm assuming you mean stealth when you say spy. All right, so spy. You can you make something out of that? I. Like, between these two or between yours and these two? Yeah, yeah. I can come up with, like, not the Egyptian one, but I think with the Mesoamerican one, I can work spy into that. Where, like, like what if you were a spy for Hernan Cortez? Or vice versa, what if you're spying on the Spaniards for the Mayans or something? All right, so before I throw this last one, do you want a book? Uh, do you want to try what we party? called it? Mezzo gear solid. Mezzo gear. Mezzo gear. That would be dope. Uh, Mezzo America. So, do you want to get rid of a party game? You know what? I kind of like the idea of party game, but I just don't. I just I like the concept. I don't know how it would work on paper. Like the premise. Like, like is there some kind of annual party in the jungles of Mezzo America where they basically become Mario Party? Like who's the superstar kind of thing? I don't. See, like, it sounds fun, but then, like, when you try to flesh it out, it's, like, you get stuck. I said we throw it out. Yeah, throw it out. All right, party game is out. And I'm going to throw out uh, Egyptian. Really? Yeah. I don't think the premise is... I'm more familiar with Mesoamerica, that's why it's more my thing than Egyptian. Okay, because I like Egyptian, but... I feel like Mesoamerica has more... There's more uh, fertile ground for creativity, for me, at least. All right, so the very last one I got, it's going to be fucking easy now. Uh, it's always a little tough, but survival horror. Like you could do any fucking game with that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I would want to do that. Because like survival horror. Yeah, I don't know. 
Nah. Well, how are you gonna work? How are you gonna work in Spy? I think Spy is easier because it's like Spy is a timeless concept. Spies have been around forever, so it's easier to work in. Like, I don't know. Like maybe like or maybe you're like so, you're like a soldier from Hernan Cortez, and you're like like Colonel. So are we, are we combining <laughs> these two, or what are we getting rid of? Get rid of uh, horror. Swear horror. Okay. So it's a Mesoamerican spy game where. Do you want to spy on the Spaniards? Or do you want to spy on like the Aztec? I feel like the Aztec it would be easier because they already have a foothold in Mesoamerica, so there's more structures that are Mesoamerican by nature, mm-hmm. rather than the other way around. So what if like? Well, I think they're the underdog, right? We know they're the underdog, so yeah, they got to resort to other tactics, right? Because they would, well, not them, but uh, Cortez. Would probably just go in there more as a politician and then it'll become like guns blazing type of shit, you know? That's literally what ends up happening at the end, yeah. Yeah, so I don't think they would take the spy route. Like they'd probably do it with their Yeah, you would you would do recon work first. You wouldn't just go in like blindly, right? Yeah, but that's like I imagine like okay, so this is my pitch, right? This is my Okay, go pitch. For it. You're fat. You're okay. So you're part of the Aztec Empire, but like you're on the fringes of like the outer edges of the empire, and your family gets captured by the Spaniards. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, if you want your family back, we need to figure out. We need to probe for weaknesses in the capital. It's like you can't have your family back, but I need you to do like a report. Like, go spy, tell me like where the weaknesses are, where the fortifications are, how how many do they number. Come back with the information and we'll let your family go. So you're kind of like a reluctant spy. You're not doing this out of like the kindness of your heart. It's kind of like you're in a, between a rock and a hard place kind of thing. So as an outsider, you've never been to the capital. You don't know what it's like. So you go, you infiltrate. You try to blend in with the locals. Like you kind of, you try to do the thing like they do in like most games where like, like, oh, like you're not allowed in this area. Like they try to push you away. You try to figure out like what's the... What's the disguise I need to get past? Maybe you find the location of like an off-duty soldier, take him out, put on his gear, sneak past kind of thing. Like that kind of like spy game. Retrieve like, I would say documents, but basically you're retrieving scrolls, I guess. <laughs> scrolls of information. And then like, you're trying to avoid like direct conf- like conflicts. So you have to like talk your way through certain situations. Okay, so I like the premise. The only thing I would change is, is maybe you're a willing participant. Like Cortez has offered you a lot, right? Like maybe this is this guy is pretty fucking egotistical, mm-hmm. and he's greedy, and yeah, maybe to the Aztecs gold doesn't mean as much mm-hmm. as as much as it means to the to Cortez. It's more abundant, yeah. But maybe there's conflict with this person that's an Aztec and his family and he, he has all these uh or like hey if you help me take like take the capital like you'll become like a person of influence or you'll become like my you can control this this region i'll give you the yeah i'll give you the capital or i'll give you like some kind of like cushy government job or something y- okay you know what i want to make this guy i want to make him abby like you have that tension of like i'm gonna betray my fucking people like you get what I'm saying? He like, talks to he talks to play as Abby, talks to the Spaniards. You're my people now. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> but you understand the tension I'm, tr- I'm trying yeah, to make. Yeah, right? kind of. Yeah. Okay, so help me help me develop this. 
Like, obviously, Ellie, the, the tension with Abby is, I don't want to fucking play as Abby. To me, that's the tension. So you don't want to be, like, a buff, a buff woman spy, is what you're saying. Well, I don't, I don't have a problem with a buff woman. Okay, you don't want to be, so what's Abby to you that you don't like? Well, she fucking killed Joe. Like, I don't want to play a, a character after she killed Joe. So with okay, this, so you want with this a, Asta character, so you want a sympathetic character then, right? Someone you can identify with then. Not really. What I want, no. what I want to happen is maybe I'm this character, and the tension is I don't really want to play this character because this character is gonna go and betray my own people. Mm. So throughout the game, I'm killing my own people and I'm deceiving them and all this stuff, and maybe there's a point where he decides to like turn. Turn, turn shit around, you know? Even though he despises some of the members in his community, mm-hmm. maybe there's a point where he turns that shit around. But it's too late at some point. And he's going to end up dying. Okay. So, can we make that work, or... Yeah, I think so. I... I... It's, it's tough making him a villain and then trying to make him a good guy at the end. That's the challenge right there. Right, right. I think in the end, you would end up just probably like... But that's what Abby feels like. Yeah. She's a villain, and then it's hard to sympathize with her. And then you basically make an enemy out of everybody in the end. Both the the wolf, the WFH, and also the the acolytes, or whatever they're called. The, what are they called? The forest people? You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, Seraphites. Yeah. You end up making an enemy of both sides anyway, so then you're on your own. Because it's hard to make a sympathetic character who you don't like. Yes. That's part of the story. That's what I'm trying to force. Yeah. So I don't know if going with the Abby approach will be, like, beneficial in the end. Okay. All right. So let's go ahead and make him a good guy then. But what is his, his incentive? You said his family was taken. Yeah. So is his loyalty to the Empire? Or is his loyalty to his family? Or is his loyalty to maybe himself? Maybe... So Cortez says, your family's going to die if uh, if you don't do what I tell you. Yeah. And then you have that conflict. Okay, that's... It could be that conflict where you get to the Empire and maybe you warn them. Maybe You're you, trying to warn them. You're trying to warn them without being explicit. We're like, like, hey, like, like, don't do anything rash or they'll kill my family. But be aware. Contingency plans or something. Or like... Maybe lower the city's defense and then like you spring a trap on them, like burn like a circle around them or something, like or at least wait till I give my signal that I know my family is safe. So so maybe you try to have, you know, your cake and eat it too, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh okay. I think there's like I think there's room here for like nuance and to do a little more like interesting stuff, I think. I think like the gore, core gameplay would probably be like Finding different disguises where different disguises get you access to different parts of, like, the city and stuff. And then you're, you'll go to, like, melee combat where you have, like, absolutely no choice. Where, like, you've messed up. You clearly don't belong. You gave away, like, you gave away your position or something. But and then in... melee, you're fighting your way out as, like, your last resort. But you're an Aztec. Like, they'd probably recognize that. Mm-hmm. It'd be like, what the fuck are you doing here? What mm-hmm. are you, what are you doing getting in the places where you don't belong? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird where if he just decides to like turn around and like slit all their fucking throats, <laughs> and then that's kind of 
odd because you're still you're trying to protect your family, but th- that's your community. So how do but you, you don't really know direct... the community because you're like you're from the you're like from the boonies. You're not from the main like city. Oh, you're you saying this still from the outskirts? Yeah, it's not like you have like I mean you're tied to these people culturally, but you're not tied to these specific people like on a one to one basis. And maybe those people are treating the rest of the people like. And maybe you're not slitting throats. Maybe you're just knocking them out like not like non fatally. That'd be dope mechanics because like he have... was like hey like. Like, oh, scavenge these herbs, and the, these herbs combine with a rag and make, like, a knockout, like, kind of, like, ether or something. Yeah, okay. Kind of like, you know how you do make your, like, your your shanks in uh, Last of Us? Uh-huh. So, like, maybe you're limited to, like, oh, man, like, can I, st- can I just knock out everybody and make it easy mode? Or am I going to have to, like, think, like, tactically, like... Okay, so that's that's the Paragon versus the Renegade. Am I going to kill people? Yeah. For, for the sake of my family? Or just... Or stuff everybody, it. like, yeah. make them fall asleep. Mm-hmm. or Knock them out, like, over the head. Yeah, I like that. That's that's cool. So, uh, let's get to the spoilers. What's going to happen to the family? Do we have to have just one true ending, or can we have, like, more than one ending? Well, what do you got? I would, I would do the thing where, in the end, like, you still fail anyways. Like, they get killed. Yeah, I want that. I think that's more compelling. It's like, oh, man. And then the last, like... Is just you getting revenge against the Spaniards at that point on. Yes, yes. I think that that's more interesting where it's like everything I did for nothing, like, oh, all right, like that's it, like I wanna avenge them kind of thing. I, I do wanna see that where where you have that conflict, Paragon versus Renegade, and the first half of the game It's like I should have never trusted them in the first place, kind of thing. Yeah, it, it'll be stealthy. And then once they kill your family, once you realize that, you turn around and it's all fucking gore, dude. Kind of like, like the ending, kind of like your... day go, days gone, like climax in a way. I think, or you so? infiltrate back into the camp again after you're like, like you know, supposedly killed off, right, left for dead, and you come back in. You sneak, no, when you sneak out of your like imprisonment and like take over like the little island area, whatever it's called, whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you can do that. Where the guy's a dictator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like they be like you've been betrayed. They killed your family. They lock you up. Like hey, like you did us the favor. Like I'll spare your life. But then like you break out and like you go and hunt down like Cortez or something. Yeah, and it'll be it'll be really dope because you have the knowledge of your own territory. Exactly. Like yeah, use... so you said booby traps, all that. There you go. That'll be fucking cool. Uh, what about? Because I keep thinking of like jaguars. How do you integrate things like that? <laughs> is this is it, is it like a? I don't want to make it corny. Uh, I don't know. I guess jaguars could be like resources, maybe, or maybe they could be like in Days Gone, where you can lure them to attack your enemies. Maybe I think where like you... you jump up in the tree for like the high ground, and maybe you like throw bait near like the soldiers or something. That that's what I was thinking. I I integrate them into the combat so I can carry like like concealed sacks of meat, and then I throw them to a crowd, and then a jaguar jumps in. Mm-hmm. Or I gotta kill snakes to feed myself, but I can also make, like, poison darts, you know? Oh, uh, like, extract poison the venoms? Yeah. yeah. That would be dope. Uh, I could take, I don't know, I could find the tortoise and make it part of, like, armor. Tortoise somehow. armor? I don't know. <laughs> that looks so weird. Yeah, that, lo- that looks corny, but... Just a bat- I... massive shell on your back? Like... No, not like that. Like, maybe he just takes it apart. Like, or it like, would be so much manpower, but he takes it, takes it apart and make Like make a scale, like, sh- like yes. a scale armor or yeah, yeah. shells. Shells could work, too, for that matter. Shells, maybe, like, plates. Yeah, plates, that's what I was thinking. Uh, 
And like a bow or like a stealth like blowpipe kind of thing. You could take uh you could take frogs and instead of like poison, once you, you hit them, once you hit an enemy, it attacks all the other enemies. Oh yeah, they do yeah, like like Assassin's Creed does that where it makes like you have like darts that cause them to go crazy kind of thing. Yeah, one of the berserk. Yeah. Uh so we'll I thought you were gonna say you're gonna throw frogs at them. <laughs> like a bomb or something. Like it's gonna a stink bomb? I don't know, like ribbit, like it's gonna like that's swell a, up. That's a Fortnite mechanic. Oh, is it? Yeah, you take uh You can throw frogs in Fortnite? No, I think you take like a stink fa- a sack and a frog and then it makes a like a dust cloud, a poison cloud or something. Oh, okay. Uh well since we're on, on the weapons things, you get your staff. There's like a spear or what? No, they had like a. They oh, had, they had a bat and it had spikes on yes, it. Yes, it's uh, oh my god, I can't remember the name. It's uh, it has a really strange. It's like a Aztec, a Nahuatl word for it. But yeah, you're right. It's like a piece of lumber and it has obsidian mm-hmm. sticking out of it, like not like jagged knives kind of sticking out of it. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name. But the combat for that. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like a club with spikes. Yeah. Yeah, the combat for that sounds so cool because I don't know how they used it, but if they use it and it's just like crazy blunt force, yeah, like, like great to the sword. back of the head, yeah. like large fucking swings, that'd be that'd be awesome. But they um, also have like a maybe like a obsidian dagger for like closer. Yes, like, yes, like stealth mode. Stealth mode, yeah. Blowpipe, uh-huh. maybe a bow distractions and stuff different things you can use like dip your arrows into a frog like for the skin for like the for the poison and stuff the toxin yeah and the combat would be pretty damn intense because it it would uh you'd rely heavily on on stealth because they'd be in groups and they'd all have like fucking swords or i don't know what they had flints right we're talking about the soldiers yeah, yeah they had swords of course they had swords they brought swords from europe yeah but i don't know what they had was it like just a, a pointy sword, a broadsword? Wait, no, they would have. They probably would have had like rapiers and stuff, like the thin ones with like the handguard, like that for like poking the jabbing. The skinny ones. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was. Saying. They might have swords, but I think the majority of them would probably just have like thin blades and stuff. Nothing too like a crude machete, little machete. Yeah, nothing that would like kind of slow them down or like weigh them down in the jungle. I think. Uh, the scenes would be dope too. Like you, one of the missions is you go to the coast and you burn their ships. Oh, okay. And maybe like that reduces like the patrols in the area or something like that. Yeah, or... yeah, yeah. You gotta control regions, and the ships are maybe they're like bringing in shipments, and then somehow you sabotage that. Like you burn their ships, and now they don't want to like come back because they'll lose the ship, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's some area control. Uh, then we could have a bunch of ruins, right? Like a lot of they're co- they're called like cenotes type of deal. Mm-hmm. So you go into the cenotes, you go in there, you find uh, maybe gems, and you trade them with with uh, or resources for like upgrades for your equipment or stuff uh, like yep. that. That could work. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Uh, what are we calling it? What's the name of the game? Ah, uh, shit. Are we going with Mezzo Gear? <laughs> I think that's too, that's too like obvious or too silly. What do you think? Uh, can we do that at the end? Who who's gonna make the game? That's a little easier for now. I mean, I know you're not gonna like it, but I'm leaning like Ubisoft. I know you don't. Nah, it's so it's okay, always so okay. unpolished. All right, all right, all right. Do you want to give it to Gorilla? Ah, they make a beautiful fucking game. 
<laughs> not biased at all. Not biased at all. Uh, Gorilla is a little too easy. Um, I think they would do the, like, the lush environments pretty well, though. Oh. Give it to... Who's the Forza team? Because they've already done a game in Mexico. Yeah, but... I mean, it's not about cars, but... They would at least come up with like really stunning environments. Actually, I got a better one. Since you said Ubisoft, they make Assassin's Creed. Mm -hmm. So let's just give it to Jade Raymond. Oh, the new team? Yeah. Uh, uh, Haven? Yeah, Haven Studios. Like We have no idea what your games will look like, but there's potential for it being great. All right. So if this is going to be an online game. Who says it's online? Uh, they're making a. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to think service. about online. Okay, what's your pitch for for live service? Because I don't even want to think about that. But I'll listen to yours. I'll humor you. I'll humor you. I I, I that's tough, dude. For a Mesoamerican game, that's fucking difficult. Yeah, I don't know why you even tried to. <laughs> because of Jade. All right, so screw that. We got the studio down. Uh, the name is the toughest part, dude. It's uh, spy. We didn't really don't follow... use that. Nah, yeah, don't use the word spy in there. Yeah, we but we didn't even really follow the spy thing. I mean, we kind of did. We're trying to get documents. We're trying to get information. We're trying to deliver like movement, soldier movements, and like numbers. And then once you have all that information, that's when you deliver it, and then you get betrayed further. So I'm thinking. Like something about like maybe like jungle instinct or um like jaguar something or fall of an empire or something uh, something like that you get what I'm saying yeah the only city I kind of know of is just like Chichen Itza that's too hard to pronounce. Chichen Itza, it's not hard to say, but I mean, for marketing purposes, I think that would be a tough sell. Just because it's like, remember that ch chicken game, Chichi? The Itza? Remember, like, like you know what I mean? Like, it would be a, a hard sell for that name. I was trying to name their gods, but I can only think of a... Uh... Quetzalcoatl, Ixchel. Is it Quetzalcoatl? Yeah, that's like the Thunder Serpent one. Yeah, I was thinking that, but I was like, am I going to get that wrong for the uh, for the character in Total Recall? The the one that comes out of the stomach? I don't remember. What he, I don't remember what he, he has remember. a very similar name to oh. it. There's Ixchez. There's uh, some other ones. I can't remember the rest. They're hard to pronounce. But I don't think that would make sense to go with like a god's name. You could pause it because... I don't. I love figuring out the name, but I don't want to like disrespect their time. All, All right. right, go ahead. Jinx. <laughs> All right, so Johnny came up with a solution. Johnny, what's the new name? Now? All right, so I think we got to give it a little a backstory. Uh, so this guy maybe got visions of Cortez arriving, Those... like a like a shaman or some kind of like elder character, right? Yes. Uh, there was no. Like, he couldn't do anything about it. Well, that is kind of true, right? Because the, isn't the real story that, like, Cortez and the Spaniards looked like somebody, they, like a god they thought of? 
Yeah, the way Cortez looks is described as a guy. And... With like the fire beard and like the armor and the horse and like all the stuff like lined up with like the prophecy or whatever. Yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, so okay, so I think the name is gonna have to be Obsidian Visions. I like it. Or Obsidian Prophecy. I mean issue with Obsidian Obsidian Prophecies, it sounds too similar to Indigo Prophecy. Even though there's no relation other than just color and prophecy. That's my main issue. So I like Obsidian Visions better. Obsidian Visions sounds like the name of a studio, like a game dev studio. It does, but Visions <laughs> kind of reminds me of Star Wars. Star Wars Visions? Yeah. Or Force Visions or stuff like that. Yeah. I, I like it. I like I, Obsidian Visions. I like Vision. Obsidian Visions. It's yeah. dope. Uh, there you go. But I want, I want that to tie in somehow with the story. Which I which we already discussed. Well, the weapons have obsidian, like yeah, it's yeah. like volcanic rock, which is like a very yeah. hard material. Yeah, uh, maybe the obsidian visions part could all could be part of the prophecy, but maybe in the game there's also like something that you consume, right? Like whatever ayahuasca, something like that. Peyote. But, yeah, but, <laughs> but because of that. Part of the mechanic is like you have this ultra vision vision quest kind of thing yeah yeah sort of like sort of like the last of us where you have that focus mode right yeah okay i see what you mean i mean you just like lick a frog or a toad or something and well there's that but that that thing gives you clues to to the storyline oh if you get stuck like hey i need like a hint for the next things like get psychedelic the game will point you the right way either that or yeah you gotta get a psychedelic or and that psychedelic might gives you like visual stuff, uh-huh. or it can give you like a, a some type of market to the next part of the main story. Like, I like it. It'll give you a fucking vision. You know? Yeah, very uh, very straightforward, Johnny. Very straightforward. Yes, yes. I, I don't like know it. what else to call it. So there you go. Obsidian Visions by Haven Studios, coming to you in the far future. All right, Johnny, I think that is a wrap, sir. We are done here. Do you have any last thoughts, comments, any anything you want to impart? Any more red light knowledge? Red light knowledge? Any more? You talked about red light. You talked about blue light. Is there is there green light? Is there? Are we doing the full spectrum of the colors? Does green light affect you in a way? So blue light makes it harder for you to sleep, and red light increases well, green to light sleep. too. Red light increases testosterone. Is there a light? Is it pink light for estrogen or like? I don't know. I haven't looked into pink light. What does green light do? You just said it right now. Oh, well, that's just bad for sleep. Is that a real thing? Green light? It's not as bad as blue light, but it's still bad for sleep. What about black lights? That would be bad. It probably falls into. Well, it's in the whole fucking spectrum. Maybe he's looking spectrum. I'm being sarcastic. I mean, like a black light, like you take to like the room to see like if there's stains and stuff. I was being sarcastic. I guess if you want to use a black light right after the red light. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. The the black the black light is gonna increase that testosterone, and you're gonna try to figure out what should I do with all this testosterone. Oh boy. Okay. All right, thank you, Johnny. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've managed to make it this far, first of all, first and foremost, we thank you for your continued listenership. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. I know Johnny appreciates it. I appreciate it too. If you would like to reach out to us, let us know how you feel about anything we've talked about, or maybe you want to add something in, or you want to tell Johnny how you don't like his uh, 
his light, his color light jokes or any, anything about that. Color light jokes. Let us know at Duo Sense. Oh, what'd you hear, Johnny? Let's just shut it down. I don't know. Duo Sense Podcast at Yahoo.com. Again, that's Duo Sense Podcast, one word, at Yahoo.com. You can also reach us at our Twitter handle, Duo Sense P. Again, that is Duo Sense P, because I cannot fit the full word on Twitter for some reason. So, Duo Sense P. All right. I think that's a wrap, guys. So, we will see you next week. And I guess just stay safe and we'll get back to you. Peace. Peace. Bye.